This is the Men of Athens podcast, making the unknown God known to a very religious world. For more information, check out menofathens.com. Welcome once again, one and all, to the Men of Athens podcast. I'm Thomas Lawson. I am Dave Barry. You indeed are, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> I'm feeling a little under the weather today, so if I'm sniffing, please excuse that. Are you You're excused. Excuse You're oh, excused. Thank you. Thank Sorry, you I would. Yeah, um, so we are actually in our brand new studios coming to you from Boring, Oregon. Did you see the sign when you drive into Boring, the sister city of yes. Boring? Sister city of Boring is what? Dull, Scotland. Yep. Yep. Good to know. And both, that is exciting to know. Dull and Boring. You know, it's interesting when you hop off the highway over here, um, Highway 26, there's a sign for, uh, I think, uh, you know, Highway 212 or something like that. It says Boring. Of course, that exit leads to Boring. And then Oregon City. So it says Boring Oregon City, which I don't know. I think that's kind of funny. Mm. But uh, yeah, my work office is located out here in Boring Oregon. We've got the equipment set up today. And uh, we're recording this episode of the podcast. We missed a couple weeks here yet again. I was on jury duty and uh, I was being very judgmental. I was having to judge people. It's normal for you. Yes. You think I'm a judge? Maybe that's a podcast topic for another day is, is uh, what does it mean to judge not, lest you be judged yourself. Mm -hmm. At any rate, um, glad to be back in our studio with you today. Mm -hmm. And a couple of quick things before we jump into today's subject. So the last couple episodes we've done, uh, we've ventured close to an hour in our podcast length. And uh, we've gotten some feedback on that from friends and family. They're like, hey, we, we love your podcast. We think it's the greatest podcast ever. Uh, but you need to shorten the episodes down because an hour is just way too long. To which I would say, yeah, I understand. I am in. Amen that. But, you know, the thing is... We're could... just capitulating to cultural norms. Yes. It's, it's the, these are the same people who just tweet all day and on Instagram. Oh, and... boy. And so their, their short attention span can't, can't deal with this no, they can't. highfalutin <laughs> interaction of you and I. So what we're going to do is... Or it's in tandem to their drive time. They're, they're, uh, my guess is that's probably the case. Yeah. Is, uh, an hour is, is just way too long it is. To, to drag things out, and I understand that. So we're going to start splitting up our episodes into longer... I'm sorry, into shorter bite-sized pieces. Um, we're going to make it closer to like 20, 20 to 25 minutes, yeah. I would say, um, and kind of give people more content in terms of um, the number of episodes that we're putting out. Uh, another good bit of news is we are back on Google Play. So you can subscribe not only on iTunes, but if you're an Android user, you can also get on Google Play, find our podcast, and subscribe to it there. Of course, we are uh, hosting this through anchor.fm. So again, you can download the anchor.fm app and you can listen to the podcast there. We're using some new sound equipment. So if we peak a couple of times here, uh, please excuse that. We are 
adjusting the monitors as we go along here today. So Dave, we're going to pick up where we left off. I would suggest to anybody that uh, is going to be listening to this episode today on racial reconciliation, you really need to go back and listen to the first one. We'll try to do a, a quick recap, mm -hmm. but uh, really to understand where we're going to, you know, where we're going from here, um, we need to... Uh, we need to move on. So we can't go back and recap everything that we talked about mm -hmm. in the first episode. Um, but we're talking about the issue of racial reconciliation. Uh, is it biblical? Uh, the implications of it. Um, last time we talked, there was a lot to do with just trying to define terms. And I really feel like a lot of the confusion and conflict that might arise surrounding this issue has to do with misunderstanding of terminology. Um, Huge piece of it. Yeah, I really think so. And I, I've taken the time to um, kind of listen to a lot of guys that are out there that are talking about this. Some that are coming from the perspective of we need to, we need to pursue racial reconciliation. And others that are on the other end saying, no, 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 it's all about the gospel, and then everything else in the middle. And a lot of times I'm listening and I'm thinking, these guys are saying the same thing, or almost the same thing. They're using different terminology and they're, they're getting confused uh, about you know, the issue here. They're, they're, they're not meeting on the same page. So you see a lot of talking past one another. Absolutely, yeah. a lot of talking past. And I'm encouraged, um, couple of Twitter engagements ago, Tabidi Anyabwile, uh, pastor of Anacostia, Anacostia Baptist Church in Washington, D.C. Um, it's been connected with Nine Marks Ministries. Uh, and uh, he proposed a, a quote-unquote summit of some kind that would take place where predominantly, you know, brothers and sisters from the Reformed camp uh, can get together. And I think talk about this, hopefully in a brotherly way, because I'm really discouraged by some of the conversation, mm. a lot of the conversation that's going on surrounding this issue. There's a lot of reactionary conversation that's happening. And so uh, I would really urge you that if you're, if you're having like a, a, just a harsh reaction to talking about this subject, to kind of what I said last time, just kind of chill mm -hmm. and, and try to gain understanding before reacting in a, in a harsh or, or kind of overblown way to, to the subject. Yeah, and you know, a good point that we touched on last time, if I recall correctly, was this is an issue, when you, as soon as you mention the word race or racism, it is so politicized or has so captured a lot of, or certain corners of national conversation that there are immediate visceral reactions to it. In other words, you're coming from a certain perspective, you're coming from it from uh, a point of view and a personal history that can cause someone to, to have a reaction. Yeah. And what we asked last time was, can we suspend that? Can we open our Bibles and discern what God's Word says regarding the notion of race and ethnicities and cultures, and what has the gospel of Jesus Christ done to the divides among humanity, which we saw was broken down. 
and has united anybody who is united to Christ is also united together in him by his spirit. And we looked in Ephesians 2 and saw that indeed God has made one new man in Christ. Yes. Um, and then we looked at Revelation and we saw how there is a diversity that glorifies God in heaven as people from every tribe, tongue, and nation sing his praises together in joyful worship. Yeah, and that, that's a great recap of what we talked about. Um, so, so really addressing the topic first and foremost of, of just like um, blatant racism. So the idea, the concept of racism, I'm going to give just the, the paraphrase definition here, but racism being defined as um, believing in the inferiority or superiority of one ethnic group over another. It's much more complex than that, but that's mm -hmm. just the, the general idea. We also talked about the term race in and of itself. In reality, uh, it's, a, it's erroneous to say uh, the black race or the white race because really we're one race. We're the human race created in the image and likeness of God, Genesis 2, but there are multiple ethnicities. What the Bible translates in uh, the Old Testament from the Hebrew goyim, mm -hmm. you're the Hebrew guy, yep. um, peoples, in the uh, New Testament, when he says in, in uh, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, uh, the, that word there, ethnos or ethne, uh, for different people, types of people, different ethnicities. So what we see in, in the biblical perspective is one race, the human race, many ethnicities. Then when we get to um, Titus 2, I talked about that passage, T Titus chapter 2, uh, where it talks about Christ came for all peoples, plural, the different ethnicities, and then you get to the end of that section in Titus chapter 2, so that he would make for himself, create for himself one new people, singular. So in Christ, united in the gospel, we are multiple ethnicities, but we become a new people. Yet when we get to Revelation 7, we still see that beautiful diversity of people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. Which, which is pretty exciting because then you think that when we're in glory, it's not monochromatic. Right. You know, we, we, we can speculate what is it, what are, will our glorified bodies look like? Very similar to what we are now. Yeah. Uh, yet glorified. And so that means that when we look at uh, brothers and sisters, we're gonna see the full spectrum of human skin color and nose shapes and hairstyles and yeah. everything in between. Yeah, and I don't have, you know, plenary knowledge of how everything will look and everything will appear, but it's exciting to think about that there will still be multicultural worship happening uh, in the new heavens and the new earth. So I, I'm hoping, I, I guess part of me kind of hopes that um, Will we all kind of understand everybody's language? Uh, well, you said something that, that might tee off into some of the things that we're looking at today. Yeah. Is you said multicultural worship. Yes. So are you use, how are you using multicultural? So we've, we've established that there's one race. Yeah. But inevitably, you and I are going to start talking about races because that's the national conversation. Right. We'll try to avoid it. We'll slip into it. But you said multicultural worship. Mm-hmm. How are you using that? Okay, so in our first little segment here today, this first episode that we're going to talk about, uh, you touched upon something in the previous longer episode about culture and ethnicity. Um, 
a lot of times those two terms can become confused because oftentimes they are very, very closely related, but not specifically. They, they, they aren't the same thing, but commonly are intertwined. So ethnicity is your physical makeup. It is the color of your skin. It is the shape of your features. It is the, the size of, of your, your body, your height, your, your you know, short ears. Right. Okay. So, I mean, these are, these are not racially charged statements. What I'm saying is, is oftentimes um, Asian people tend to be shorter than European, ethnically European people. There's, there's different features that we have uh, out of our ethnicities. That is not claiming the superiority of one over another. It is, it is stating a fact in there. There are... Uh, diseases and illnesses that people from that are black have more propensity towards and people that are white have more propensity towards or are more susceptible to. Yeah, we're talking um, genetics. We're talking genetics. We're mm -hmm. talking your physical makeup. Culture, the reason it's so commonly associated with ethnicity, culture is your way of life. It is the way you think. It is your worldview. It is your day-to-day your practice. And the reason why that is so often tied to ethnicity is because ethnic groups historically tend to gather together. So there was a division of the nations that took place at Babel. As the nations went their separate ways, as their languages were distinguished from one another, they gathered together as groups. When the formation of the ethnicities began to happen in God's providence, I don't know, but over time, these people began to form practices. They began to see the world in a specific way. They were influenced by, um, in the case of, <clears throat> excuse me, in the case of Israel, they had God's revealed law to them. So their culture was impacted by that, uh, by directive from God. But the other nations began to follow pagan practices to various degrees. And it's interesting to note when you talk about like every culture having some you go through and you find stories of a, of a global flood happening. Well, the nations were one until they were divided, and that was after the flood. And, and so as these nations divided and went different ways after Babel, um, it's conceivable that they took with them the stories that they knew that had happened pre-division of the nations at Babel, the story of the flood perhaps the, the stories even of the creation of the world. And so you find hints of this story of, of God's creation, of Adam and Eve, of the flood, of some of these things in other cultures, but you find polytheistic beliefs, beliefs in multiple gods, animistic beliefs in multiple spirits, those types of things. Mm -hmm. So over time, these different cultures form. Okay, so that's, that's a whole anthropology discussion right there. And, and just and one thing on that, just a, another, just a quick definition um, from anthropology. Yeah. I have dictionary open here. It says the sum total of ways of living built up by a group of human beings and transmitted from one generation to another. And so this is going to be behaviors and beliefs. Mm -hmm. So we think of holidays, music style, uh, culinary preferences. Um, uh, is this a culture that values, um, how, well, how does work and recreation, all of those things, 
and, and, and what you see with cultures is there's an element of preference. Mm -hmm. So you, have, you can have broad capital C culture, American culture, but then you have almost limitless subcultures with drug culture, youth culture, et cetera, et cetera. Southern culture, Southern culture. Midwestern culture. But what's, what's important, I think this is gonna, the direction you're heading is, is among cultures, whether you eat bacon cheeseburgers or burritos mm -hmm. is neither right, right nor wrong. It's a preference. Yeah. Music style is a preference. It's rooted in history across generations. Holidays are rooted in history across generations. Some holidays are vastly important to some cultures and not others. You, you see in America where the so-called melting pot of different... Uh, ethnicities that have come mm -hmm. together where um, Cinco de Mayo is very important in Hispanic culture and yet Americans have adopted it and turned it into a time to have parties yeah and and so that I uh, just a notion of preference yes people's preferences I like this I don't like this can then become I like this part of your culture I don't like this part of your culture yes yeah, and that's that's right because th this is where we can't really get comprehensive with this subject because there's so much nuance to it. I mean, when I did missions studies in seminary, I mean, this gets talked about all the time: cultural preferences, worldview, practice, what can be redeemed from a culture, what can't be redeemed from. I mean, all these types of things. When a culture is impacted by the gospel. Uh, well, let me back up for just a minute. Every culture is going to contain things that are just, I don't want to say morally neutral, but they're not right or wrong. They're just the cultural practice. For instance, in many cultures, you go into someone's home, you take your shoes off. And in the United States, a lot of people just keep their shoes on and they walk in the house. But there's, it's not like you can argue to say, well, it's better if you take your shoes off because it keeps your floors cleaner. Or you can say, well, if I'm just going in and out and I want to have my shoes so I can go outside, you can't really argue of some kind of moral rightness or wrongness to that. It's a cultural practice. So if you're in someone's home, whether it be Europe or, or you know, Africa or Asia, you, you follow that cultural practice. They're not telling you to violate your conscience by taking your shoes off. You're, you're following their cultural practice. But over time, cultures can develop things that are morally wrong. Every culture can develop immoral or morally wrong practices. I alluded to some of that in our last conversation talking about some tribes that begin to gain superstitions about uh, when a, a baby's teeth come in, whether it come, they come in first on the top or come in first on the bottom, and it, depending on which way it happens, that can be a bad omen and the child is killed. Uh, that's an evil, immoral cultural practice that if that tribe encounters the gospel, that part of their culture must become submissive to the word of God. Now, how they continue to you know, prepare their animals when they're cooked or taking their shoes off when they go in and out or if they wear shoes at all, all of those things aren't necessarily morally wrong. And, and so those types of things continue, but other things must come under the, the light of the gospel that shines down on them and says, no, this practice must end. And, and then conversely, there's elements of culture that can be um, in line with the gospel. Yes, absolutely. Uh, surprisingly. 
Um, and there can be elements of culture that this culture says this, like such and such thing is taboo, whereas the gospel is going to come in and bring liberation mm -hmm. and say, no, actually what you call wrong, God calls right. And what you call right in this area, God calls wrong. So you kind of have three levels. Yeah. Freedom here, approval in this area, and then the need to overturn. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think about, in, in the things that you just mentioned, that there's some things that are going to be, by God's grace, inherently right within a culture. And there's other things, too, that get talked about being redeemed from a culture. Now, this is where anthropologists and missiologists, like, they, they get into heated debates over this types of stuff. Um, take, for instance, like a, a musical instrument or a form of singing. So in uh, Mongolia, Tibet, uh, parts of southern Russia, there is a form of singing called hume, which is, is throat singing. So they, they, they drone one pitch and they create overtones in their voice over another. I have an album of that. Some yeah. Guy, some guy who does that on my... Anyways. Okay, so... Unfortunately, well, I mean, yeah, sadly so. That is, that is a part of their culture, but it, is, it has been tied to, in the past, uh, animistic, shamanistic beliefs. Hmm. Uh, and of which I do not ascribe to. Of course, just, absolutely. Just I said, that's something on my phone. But the question of cultural redemption is, is this aspect of their culture so inextricably tied to paganism that it should not be brought into Christian worship in any way, shape, or form. Are you talking about yoga? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking about yoga. Um, yeah, and, and those are tough questions because some people, their, their initial reaction is going to be, well, absolutely not. But if you think about our own cultural practices that we in the Western church have, I mean, there's... There's a ton of things to which we could po point and say, but wait a minute, you know, we have practices that could potentially be tied back to paganism. How much time has to pass? Do we, do we say this has been redeemed uh, for use? And, and here's another example, uh, a tribe of people out in eastern Siberia, uh, the Saka people. So there is um, there's a holiday every summer that their culture has celebrated for hundreds of of, of years, and it's pronounced ichach in their language. Yeah, uh, like your face there. So traditionally, that has been to give thanks to the spirits for creation. In the last 25 years, the work of the gospel has gone on among this people group. There's, there's roughly about 800, 900 Christian believers now, and they've wrestled with this question of, are we allowed to really celebrate that anymore? Uh, and in the last couple of years, they've come to the conviction that we're going to celebrate it, but we're going to make it very obvious that uh, what we have worshipped in ignorance, Romans 1, Romans 1.18, 1 we are no longer worshipping nature. We now know the creator of heaven and earth through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, some people will scoff at that and say, hey, that's compromising, but in their consciences, they are saying, we're going to celebrate this holiday, but we're going to do it in a very blatantly public, different way in order to show our countrymen that we are still ethnic Sakha. We are still culturally Sakha people, but our minds and our hearts have been open to the gospel. We now know that we are not praising the spirits. We are not worshiping creation. 
we're worshiping the one creator God, creator of heaven and earth, and his son Jesus Christ. So in establishing this cultures, you've been touching upon in terms of really forms of worship. Yeah. Um, what about what happens when two different cultures interact and maybe the music style is perceived as even offensive by another culture? So the music style maybe isn't necessarily wrong or right from a biblical lens, mm -hmm. but now two cultures come together and one culture, culture A says, your music style, I just think, is ugly, and therefore I don't like it. What, what's, what's going on there? You know what, Dave? That sounds like it's going to be a great topic to talk about oh, you're just in our next episode this. Okay. of the Men of Athens podcast. And I, I don't say that to simply cut it off uh, and, and stop us here, but we said we were going to try to limit our episodes to about 20 to 25 mm -hmm. minutes. We're running out of time. So I really think well to, sum to summarize this episode here is we're drawing that distinction between ethnicity and culture. And oftentimes they are linked because of people groups gathering in one place together, people of one ethnicity, and then over time they begin to develop a cultural, cultural practices, some of which are good, some of which are bad, some of which are neither good nor bad, they're just part of what their way of life. Uh, and that every culture must be submissive to the gospel. But what you're saying now is when practices of different cultures come together, and these aren't unbiblical practices, these aren't aim, uh, un immoral things, um, but one culture is offended by the practice of another, what happens in that? And so I think in our next episode, that'd be a great place to jump in and to, to talk about, especially in regards to um, the division between black and white in our, in our world that we live in right now uh, in the United States. So. That was both a tactful shutdown <laughs> of me and excellent segue into the next episode. In our next episode. So when we come back in our next episode, we're going to be talking about then this distinction of culture, ethnicity, cultural practices, and how that applies in the church. But before we leave, Dave, do you have our outro-verse for today? We do. We would like you to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs>